following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to Radio Law Talk. It is April 20th, 2019. I'm your host, Frederick Penny, with my co-hosts, Todd Cuden and Denise Dirks, with our illustrious producer, Cal Hunter, behind the glass. Welcome, 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 welcome. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to be entertained, please tune in to those alien shows. And then if you don't like those, then tune in to our show, and we'll kind of entertain you, maybe a little bit. And then uh, we'll try to teach you something also. But remember, if you need to, if you have a legal question, remember to seek local counsel wherever you are because we're heard throughout the United States. Our lovely show is syndicated. And uh, call a local attorney if you need to. But call us if you need any information about Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner where you can. Uh, pretty much tell them instead of they say, you could say Radio Law Talk says. That's right. Anytime you get around family members and they refer to the oft referenced they, as in they did a study or I once heard or they did this, then you can quote Radio Law Talk. So you're putting an mm-hmm. actual entity to the factor point you want to assert, and it will give you more credibility. Just don't try to do it in court. I wouldn't say more. I'd say a touch more credibility. Let's 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 be realistic. Usually, grandma or the aunt they have quite a bit of credibility in the family. But I would say just a touch more credibility. Well, you know what they call a guy who wins a race by one one thousandth of a second? They call him the winner. <laughs> so yeah, yeah whatever, right. whatever worked, right? Hello. <laughs> hey, we would like to thank fourteen thirty a.m. KYKN. Salem, Oregon, for joining us. They're a new affiliate. Thank you for joining us. We also want to thank WTYM in Catanning, Pennsylvania. That is 1380 AM and 107.3 FM. Welcome to the show. And we want to thank also out of Reno, Nevada, KNNR, 1400 AM. That is excellent. We have more and more people coming on board. Welcome to the Radio Law Talk family. You know what's interesting this week? We always talk about what we've done this week, the three of us. We roll in. How this works behind the scenes is we receive our topics. We study them prior to, let's say, a day or two. We start looking at them because we want to have the most up-to-date topics. And we do research, each of us individually, and then we come and we discuss things. Now, I, unlike Todd Cunin, uh, 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 do other things out there, acting, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, <laughs> not as much as Todd. Denise is just so intelligent. She All she does needs to do is practice law, but she does uh, handle our radio show with us. But I was on the national news, USA Radio, um, about the Mueller investigation and mainly the reports that were just released. And i got to tell you something. It doesn't happen that often. I am horrible at radio when I'm recorded. I just don't, I don't know what's wrong. Live radio, I'm just fine. And I do great because sometimes they'll invite me onto shows. I'm on other shows during the week and I talk about different legal topics. I talk about the Mueller topic. I can talk until the cows come home. But when they say, okay, we're going to record this one, Fred. Uh, go ahead and get ready. Okay, go. 
Uh, the <laughs> Mueller. <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with you? So, so let me get this straight. When we're playing case or no case, because it'll be coming up here, uh-huh. all I have to really do is say, now, Cal, this is just being recorded for future use, right? We're not actually playing this game live, even though we are. All I have to yeah. do is say that, and, and you get taken out of your game? I, I would say I'd be, I'm 50% Okay, all right, all right. I'm 50% all right, of right. my game. Live, I'm 100%, and I'm cruising. Okay, But all right. 50%, I just, I just can't. <laughs> Do it. Just putting that one in the arsenal there. Now, yeah. now, you will know, Fred, that you are quite competent on mm-hmm. radio, whether recorded or live, when you get invited onto an alien show. Well, that's that's when you'll know. Well, that's right. The, the reason is because that's right up my alley. Yeah. And and I tell you, late at night, alien shows, you just can't beat those things. But uh, you know what also happened today? So as we roll into our studio, we have a studio here. It's really a, a beautiful studio that was built. Actually, thank you, Cal. Cal, was it two years we've had this studio yeah. about? Yeah. And yeah. Cal basically designed it and made sure it was built right by the contractors. But we have our mail. So we pick up our mail. And I look at the mail. And I see, and I showed Denise and Todd, and I think, Cal, I don't think I showed this to you, the State Bar of California Office of Admissions. I'm like, uh-oh. what does, I said, uh-oh, uh-oh. what, what, and it's, it's made out to human resources at Radio Law Talk. And I'm saying to myself, what, what does the State Bar, come, are they coming after, what are they, what Here are they we go. They, Here it's we go. It's never good to hear from no, them. No, it's a great thing. So I open it up. And our wonderful, if you listen to our old, old, old shows, we would have students from law schools, Denise, That's right? right. We would have a law student that would help with our topics and do research for us and gather information. And this particular person, um, Olivia Scott. I remember her. Because she's the one that came, called us back and followed up on her research. And she kind of stuck with it. And she did the research on one of my favorite topics was the um, the art studio what was it the oh in new york fifth fifth mm-hmm. is this the one in new york where yes. they're doing the building on the yeah, right. yes that lawsuits was a, on that a fascinating topic yes too. um i can't now i'm not was pulling it five it up. stars or something like that Star, it was five stars something okay, like yes. that yeah and it was where the graphic artists graffiti, graffiti. artists yeah they, there we go they knocked the building down that's right, right. And, and they had all their artwork and and he owes them money. He did appeal it, though, but we haven't heard yet anything on the appeal. So, Olivia, if you hear something first on the appeal, uh, give us a call, and we'll we'll put you on. But thank you, Olivia, for putting us down as a reference, as because we have to basically tell the state bar what we think of her. And, we're, by the way, it's going to be great. We're going to give you great reviews because you are a wonderful young woman to deal with and an intelligent woman, and is going to be a great lawyer someday. And thorough. She was thorough. Yes. I mean, the stuff she sent yes. you guys, I was blown away by that. Yeah, yeah, I thought she did really good. This is actually, she's. Uh, we have to do a moral character reference, and um, because we paid her for the topic, she uh, $100, by the way, we paid um, the students for the topic, we're going to provide a great reference to her because she did a great job. So basically... Uh, Denise is going to give the reference because it's moral turpitude issue. Yeah, don't ask, so yeah. don't ask Cal, Todd, or Fred. I think that's if they're a moral person. So yes. the three of us are out. Denise, you're in charge. Here you go. You're doing it. So I'm human resources. Yeah, you're human resources. Well, you're just a resource. Also, and you're human. So yes. That's what we're going to talk about today. Remember those of you who are first joining our us. We have a thing called case or no case that's exciting and fun, where Cal uh, gives 
gives us a case and he tries to stump us or he gives us a real case, we have to opine whether or not it's a real case and what the outcome is going to be. We get points for these cases. You can play along. And I'm telling you, we play for points. And for Donna's, that's his wife's, It last year it was lemon bars. This year it is her famous spaghetti. And if you can call us at 855-LAW-RADIO or tweet us at Radio Law Talk, you can also play the case or no case game, and it's super, super fun. Now, this is the issue we've had. Some people don't like calling and talking on the air. That's okay. Our call screener will talk to you, and you can give them what you, you know, what your take is and your answer, and we'll put it on the on the air, and then we can go from there. Or you can text us. What? what you, you can want? you can tweet us yeah. at Radio Law Talk, or you can hashtag Case or No Case. And we have where we have a Facebook page too, right? So you can instant oh, message us via Facebook. Yeah, we have yeah. Facebook, or you can go hashtag Radio Law Talk at Twitter, and actually we even have an Instagram page. We got everything, Cal. I know. So anyway, when we come back, we're we'll gonna do Case or No Case. We're gonna talk about the Mueller report, the admission scandal, Johnny Depp, the torture parents are guilty. We'll be right back after these great messages and. And thank you, our new affiliates, for joining us. And of course, we thank you for listening to Radio Law Talk right here on your favorite radio station and on RadioLawTalk.com. If you'll stay right there, we'll be right back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and baling company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit Concussion Medical Clinic to schedule your appointment. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. 
Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. Okay, hold on to your seats, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go with Case or No Case. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yay! Well, wait a minute. My favorite part of Case or No Case. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, Fred. I didn't do that. Here we go. Let's let's do this. What's my favorite part? Oh, Oh, my favorite part, in case you're no figure. Case. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I don't have an ego. <laughs> if it's your building, you get your own chance. Oh, okay. <laughs> that explains That's a lot. how it works. Okay. All right. Oh, uh, now I'm going to take you to Colorado. Oh, okay. Where apparently it's against the law to live off the grid. No, it's not. But uh, this couple ran into this. I'll take you to the San Luis Valley in Colorado, where Chuck and Barbara Tidd, T-I-D-D, wanted to use a creek on their property, an irrigation creek, to generate energy to back up their solar panels. Chuck and Barbara live in a home they built by themselves up on the mountaintops, and when they first got there, the power company said it's going to cost 100 grand to move power lines in, so they said, ah, thanks, but no thanks, and they're 100% off the grid. They get their drinking water from the springs and their electricity from a solar array, which is fine until it gets dark or it gets cloudy. With no chance of getting lines put in and no backup for the solar power, they were stuck until they looked at hydropower alternatives. An irrigation canal ditch runs right through their property, a canal or ditch. Only problem is the water in it belonged to another family, the Freeze down the street. They disapproved of the Tids using their water the way they went about it because the Tids started digging first. We're going to lay in some pipe, and then they called the irrigators and said, uh, we're going to reroute the water, but not going to be a problem. Every drop will go back in. It's just going to go through our turbine and right back down to you. And uh, the people who the irrigators said, I don't think so. And so they went to court, or at least they consulted legal counsel. And so it begins, as they say in the in the law business. And I ask you then... Case or no case, and if so, what was the outcome? And I'm going to start with Mr. Cunin. This is hardly a criminal matter. This is sometimes kind of technical law, but I thought it might be fun to start with Todd because as I look at the score, Todd has the most to gain by a victory. So you're going to deprive me of the ability to hear what my compatriots are saying and then act strategically. Well, okay. It, <laughs> okay, all right. All if right. you want to look at it well, that well, way. Well, I, I, I look at how many are we do. We doing three cases or no case? We're doing three cases or no case. Well, you know what? Right. At some point in time, I'm going to have to go first, second, or third, so I might as well that's be right. here. It's no that's big right. deal. No that's big right. deal. And by the all way, right. yeah, the score right now, Denise has 38 points, Mr. Penny has 35, and Todd has 23. Okay. 855-LAW-RADIO if you want to drop your opinion in. If you want to chime in. All right. So thank you for this little tidbit of information <laughs> sure, there, yeah, Kat. Yeah, well, you know, it yeah. sounds like the Tids and their relationships are having, or their uh, neighbors are having a tid-for-tad relationship. A, a tizzy <laughs> with the Tids. Yes, a tizzy yes. with the Tids, yes. Uh, 
can I ask a clarification question? You may yeah. or may not be able to answer this, but does the water that they are seeking to use, that, that being the TIDs, right. does that water originate on their property, i.e. from a spring, or is it an irrigation thing that starts somewhere else, flows through their property, so it's off the property, comes through their property, and then goes on somewhere else? Flows through. Okay. All right. So that, That's a really good question, Todd. Well, I, thank you very much. Can we get that on a loop, please? <laughs> that's a really good question. Uh, yeah, remember that uh, one. Yes. Put that on a hot key. It's at 92401. <laughs> I okay. see the clock. So here's what I'm going to say. This <laughs> this brings up the issue of riparian law. I'll tell you, the person I really wish was here for this is um, Braden, Braden, Chadwick. Braden Chadwick. And I am going to say that the neighbors have a claim. If you are interfering with the natural flow of water, even if you end up getting every drop of it, uh, yeah, you can't just go in there and, and redirect the flow of water and where it's going to go. Um, I think the only defense the TIDs might have is if this is a man-made irrigation ditch, then they might be able to do something as opposed to a creek that runs through it. But I'm going to say... And I believe it is a, I believe it is a ditch. That doesn't, the, the case does not specify. It says an irrigation ditch. That's Yeah. yeah uh, so who knows what that means. I, I am still going to say that... The neighbors have a colorable claim, and I think that this is a case, and I think that the TIDs lose. All right, fair enough. So you say case, yes, and the uh, the plaintiffs win. Yes, because the TIDs were not the plaintiffs. The TIDs were sued by the freeze. Yes, I just, okay. all I want is the TIDs lose. Okay, all right, fair enough, got it. Denise, what say you, case or no case? Do you guys remember when I went to um, Salem, Oregon, uh, from my dad's dedication. I do. And um, I ended up off the grid. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. This describes this place and, so perfectly. And you thought, this is the way I want to live. <laughs> no, I was scared <laughs> to that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, my sister thought that it was like a crime scene going to happen. <laughs> because they were off the grid. Sure. They had two creeks that came down. They totally had no electricity no whatsoever. No cell service, no they nothing. They had yeah. a little bit of solar, but they were really on geothermal. Huh. Or not geothermal, ge- the hydro. Yeah, hydro. Okay, so no case. No case. All of that, no case. Okay, great. No case. And my reasoning is this. Free water diversion. <laughs> Okay. So she thinks the names I'm using are a diversion. <laughs> Get it? Diversion. I, 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 oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. I see what you did there, Gal. <laughs> Very good, Denise. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Penny. Those I, of you who are listening to Case or No Case for the first okay. time, that's what this is about. It's not just about cases, but it's about the psychological psyche of our producer, Cal Hunter. Because he's a three-time Emmy Award nominee, but never a winner. So you worry about what he's thinking at all times. And so Denise is looking at him through the glass and trying to figure out what he's thinking because as a Spaniard, I know that... Oh, oh wait, wait, sorry, I got a little off track there. That's a Spaniard. Sometimes we talk about the law, guys. It's Sometimes. inconceivable. It's inconceivable that you could even give me this. Oh, my gosh, those of you who know mo- movies. Okay, all I got to say, we got one minute left, and we're not going to get to the fight, but I'm going to lay this out very quick. The answer is... When I first bought my property in California a long time ago, I was walking down this canal with the water master, and he was showing me my rights to my water. And he said, Fred, yep, look at that right there. What? He goes, the water. Yep. He said, 
Liquid gold, my friend. Liquid gold. The most important thing in the world is liquid gold. Todd Cunin is correct. It is a case, and the Tids lose. We'll be right back after this. If you want to find out what's going on, call us at 855-LAW-RADIO and tell us what you think. Case or no case conclusion coming up after this right here. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah! We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time, and it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable, things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose online with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com. Lettyandcompany.com. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now, back to your host, Frederick Penny. We're sitting here, and everybody's got their headphones off, uh, you know, talking about uh, all kinds of other things. Hey, you know what? Case or no case, Cal, lay it back out really quick for the listeners. All right, Just people in Colorado it. moved up onto the top of a mountain. They decided they needed electricity, couldn't get it from the power company, cost too much money, so they decided to divert an irrigation ditch, what was called an irrigation ditch, uh, and they, every drop of water would go right back in. They were just going to run it through the turbine, turn the power on, blah, 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 blah. And so the people who owned the water rights down the hill from them said, I don't think so. Okay. And so I asked if it was case or no case. Denise said, it's no case. I'm making the whole thing up because of freeze and diversion or something like that. I don't know what. Fred said that the plaintiffs prevail and Todd said the plaintiffs prevail. Did I have that correct? Okay, well, that's right. I had your headset off because of the noise putting it on. Okay, so, <laughs> and, and Todd said the plaintiffs prevail, correct? That, that is correct. All right. Well, uh, <clears throat> here okay, we go. Okay, this is drum roll. All right. For those of you, let's see. Okay, here's, we'll give you a little drum roll. For those of you who say, 
This is not a case. Oh. Would you raise your hand, please? Oh, yeah, Todd. <laughs> so it is, in fact, a case, and that means that Denise does not pick you any we points. We beat the smart one, Cal. Uh, well, <laughs> sort of. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm going to like that one. <laughs> to, the, to those of you who say the plaintiffs prevailed, may I see your hands? That would be Todd and Fred. Oh. <laughs> no points for you. It's, it's interesting because the reason I did this case is because I learned something about Colorado water law, and I'm no lawyer and I don't even pretend to be except on this show. You know, but, That's right. But I learned this. There is a Colorado water law that the freeze used to defend their rights. And it's called prior appropriation system law that basically says uh, you get to say what happens to it, right? But uh, the freeze said, uh, wait a minute. Uh, I mean, the other guys, the TIDs, said that uh, they wanted what they wanted to do was more than fair. They just want to run it through a pipe. They could generate power. Uh, it went to the water court. The TIDs won. Then it went to the uh, a justice of the Colorado Supreme Court, Mm. and the Supreme Court judge granted the use of the water. So Barbara and Chuck Tidd are now the proud owners of a new water right previously undefined in Colorado and the owner of uh, a new hydroelectric system that benefited thousands of other families that are off the grid in Colorado. I think how maybe nice. maybe, the, yeah. maybe the reason is because it really didn't affect the water. If they were taking their water different story. Different right. story, but right. the fact that it didn't affect their water rights right. in that it just flowed through it. Now I guess the argument would be it slows the water down, but it probably didn't. The fact that that happened probably is where the court came out and said, you know what? It's not affecting your water rights. You still get your water. Only thing they're doing is just running it through turbine. Yeah. The court yeah. probably should have said, lighten up, dude. <laughs> so it really wasn't, it's not a water, it's a water use right, right. rather than a water take right. And or by the way, right. where this principle was established was in Colorado mining law. Oh. So that's why it would, you know, they would say, well, wait a minute, i got to have my water to, you know, whatever. Yeah, so, yeah I have my slough box. Yeah. You can't mess, with, right you can't mess with my water anyway, right? Got it. But now you can't in Colorado. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is... Case or no case, and Denise zero, Fred and Todd one point each. Next hour, I'm going to take you to Kalispell, Montana. Ooh, beautiful part of the country, Kalispell. Gorgeous, gorgeous. You know what? Okay, so this week, obviously, you know, we cannot not talk about the the gorilla in the in the room here. And the gorilla in the room is they're all looking at me like, what are you talking about? But it is, it's the Mueller report. You know, we hear so much about the Mueller report. We hear so much about what's going on. If you're tired of hearing about it, sorry, but we've got to talk about it because some, some interesting things have come out in the Mueller report, which has been disseminated with redactions. Now, what I've had, when they called me USA Radio News, the big issue was, and they're all talking about conspiracy, there was no conspiracy, and whether or not there was any, um, um, uh, not the obstruction, obstruction, obstruction. or collusion. Yeah, right? no, there was none of that, the obstruction, obstruction issue, yeah. we'll talk about that in, in a minute, but what the what the newscasters wanted to know that wasn't talked about much is redactions. Can you do redactions? What can you redact? And why are things redacted? And so that is a very interesting point that I thought here on Radio Law Talk that people would want to discuss. You can call us at 855-LAW-RADIO or tweet us at Radio Law Talk if you want to discuss this. And by the way, sometimes we are heard 
in a number of stations later on. In other words, uh, that were uh, tape delayed. And if we are, you can email us at Cal. What is it? Our email? Info at radiolawtalk.com. Info at radiolawtalk.com. That's exactly right. So the findings, generally speaking, was there's no collusion and no obstruction of justice. And someone's going to argue, say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, he he did not find any, as Mueller, any obstruction of justice. But according to Mueller, generally speaking, he came close to, like, but he couldn't say that no, nothing was uh, done that was, uh, in, uh, in other words, everything was properly done. So Mueller basically argued or stated that, you know what, here's the deal. You know, I'm not going to say that he obstructed justice because as a sitting president, he basically can't be prosecuted for some of the things that they saw or they thought that he did. However, my argument to that was like as follows. And again, I'm not sticking up for uh, Trump, but this is the argument. This is what's bizarre to me. So he kind of got close, but didn't really obstruct justice. One of them, he was attempting to fire people. Guess what? The president has the right to fire people. Second, it's like saying, here's the example I always say. Um, It's like Trump saying, um, you know what? I'm going to speed on the freeway. And as they get up to go to speed, he goes, nah, I'm not going to speed. Or his assistant says, you, you might not want to speed, and he doesn't speed. That's one of the scenarios. Oh, he, he, he may have done this, or he was going to, but his counselors or, or uh, associates said not to. Now, here's the other thing. The final thing is, well, he may have broken some laws or done some things inappropriate, but as a president... He can do that, basically, is what they're saying. So it's like saying, you know, I'm going to arrest you and give you a ticket for speeding on the freeway because your presidential, you know, procession was going too fast. Well, they can drive fast on the freeway. So those are kind of some of my little arguments that I'm that I was discussing about those two things. And I want to talk about that with the three of us and, and and be prepared to discuss this. But let's first talk about redactions. And and Todd and Denise and I deal with this all the time in a court of law. And Denise, it is not unusual for judges to redact things. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. It's not as usual in family law scenarios as it would be in civil scenarios. Or criminal. Or criminal scenarios. But it does happen, especially if you're talking about attorney-client privileged information or patient privilege information or patient uh, doctor um, privileges or therapist privileges. Um, Even... um, your your pastor of your church, you have those kind of privileges that do, and those would be redacted out of any um, information. Yeah, I mean, one of the things to keep in mind, basic redactions that you would see are things in a report that are not material to the to the process being investigated or prosecuted. For example, if I get a medical report and it comes in and it has a lot of personal identifying information about the individual that the report is about, like their social security number, home address, all this kind of stuff, that has nothing to do with the need that I have for the information. I need I need stuff about the, uh, the mental state or what the extent of the injuries were, stuff like that. So a basic redaction is going to be non-essential information 
information, information that's irrelevant to the subject matter for which it was procured. Okay, then the next thing is, well, what if it is relevant to a certain extent, but it also borders on something that is protected or something that has a higher need for secrecy? And that's what we have here in the Mueller report, is there are some things that were redacted, and I thought it was interesting. They went through the report, and they had a little um, code that they would put in the report as to why it was redacted. It was personal information. It related to an ongoing investigation. It was national security. And if folks look at that, who are doing the redaction, say, look, the need for the public to know is superseded by the need to keep this confidential because it's an ongoing investigation. Well, that's what's going to happen. Right. Well, one of the interesting points about that, too, is some of the, the information on the redaction identified who redacted it because sacrosanct in this, the privileged information on the grand jury, that's not going to be overcome at all. That's probably the most important um, and law-driven um, uh, confidentiality or, or secrecy that exists, and all of the grand jury information was redacted. Yeah, uh, if you want to talk to us about redactions, tell us whether or not you think the redactions were proper. And by the way, we're going to discuss afterwards when we come back why I think the redactions were proper, and there's evidence, in my opinion, in some of the stuff that was not redacted that shows that. We're going to be right back after this quick break. You are listening to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station, and there's more straight ahead. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to RadioLawTalk.com. Most... It's 400. That was interesting. All yes. right. Well, it's time now to go back to the show, RadioLawTalk.com. That file just disappeared on me, but that's okay. You, we are still here, and here's Fred Penn. You know what's interesting? Uh, I think we should keep, during all the commercials, the, the, the radio on and our discussions, because we have some great discussions about these things on and off the air. And what's great about this, those of you who are, 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 are new and joining us, we are politically neutral. You, all of us uh, come across differently. Uh, Denise will argue far left or far right, or she'll argue middle. Whichever way she'll do it, same with Todd and I. We know how to argue both sides, and we love being politically neutral and saying the good and bad about everything. And, in fact, it was funny. I thought we were kind of being a little bit conservative one time, and then we got an email from someone who said, you're, you're, you guys are far too left for me. I'm like, oh, I thought I was kind of more acting conservative on that topic. And then, So it's great when you hear people saying, oh, you're too far left on that topic. Topic or you're too far right, I love it because that means we're, we're, we're saying all sides, right, Denise? And that's what I like about this. But the interesting thing is these redactions. Let me go over a couple of I – just, I just threw a quick uh, list of what redactions are normal. Redactions for safety reasons and tell it to protect intelligence sources, sensitive security information, to prevent information uh, that may prejudice a current or ongoing investigation. Remember, there's two ancillary investigations going on right now from the Mueller um, uh, investigation and the Mueller report. There's 12 more he alluded to that are coming up. So that because of that, they have to keep a lot of this 
confidential. Also, minor children information you have to keep confidential a lot of times. Grand jury information, they don't want that stuff either. So that that's another thing. Existing gag orders. Remember, the Stone, there's the Stone case that is ongoing in this uh, Mueller investigation, and there's gag orders there. Finally, Social Security, sensitive tax information, medical, HIPAA things, trade secrets, incorporations, informants' names, other issues deemed necessary by the judge or prosecutor. That's I wrote that list down, and these are just a, a, a small amount. It's probably a good amount, but a small amount of things that the judge gets to decide, or in this case, the prosecutor, which is the attorney general's office, William Barr, gets to make those decisions. Now, can they fight him, William Barr, about these redactions and take it to court? What are the odds that's going to happen? I say 99%. What do you think, uh, Denise? You can't tell. Oh, Cal, put Denise on. She's a. She's. But what do you think about that, Tom? <laughs> it slapped me. Right. What do I think about? No, what? go ahead, Denise. You got it. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> anyway, well, I was talking about William Barr. Okay, so here's the deal. So you're saying, what do I think about Barr's decision to redact certain things? Not only redact, but what are the odds that there's going to be a lawsuit filed about what should or shouldn't be redacted? My answer is 99% uh, odds of it there being a lawsuit filed trying to get more of those things redacted, that are redacted, unredacted. Uh, well, there will be once I think Congress, that's going to be fully in the hand of Congress. Well, here's the thing. Okay, um, now, there's some members of Congress, like the Judiciary Committee, that uh, some of those redactions will be taken off that they can review. But those Congress members cannot review, cannot reveal any of that stuff. Good, 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 interesting thought there. If the, any of these... Uh, I'm going to even say Democratic congressmen or women are going to be able to keep their mouth shut, even in the Judiciary Committee, if they see some unredacted things. I, I think they're going to take it seriously because it goes highly against their um, security clearances if they do if they release anything. Right. So first you know that the release of information is going to be to the committees. It's not going to be to the full right. um, you know, Senate or the full House. Right. It's going to be first to a committee that has the everybody in that has very high security Yeah, like the Judiciary Committee does. Exactly. So here's the other questions. First of all, I asked, were the redactions fair? Do the, the two of you have any opinion as as to anything that you saw in the things that were not redacted that show, generally speaking, again, there's going to be both sides, were the redactions fair? In my opinion, I felt like the redactions were fair. Um, I mean, there are a lot of things that we don't know, and and I know that the public is screaming and saying, look, everybody needs to know everything, and quite frankly, that's why we have representative government, because no, everybody doesn't need to know everything. You elect representatives to go to Washington to work on your behalf so that you can go on with your life and trust, and if you think that your elected representative is not doing a good job of representing you, then elect a different representative. But that's the way things work, and when we have elected and appointed, based upon the, the confirmed by people that were elected, when we have people who are appointed to positions that say, quite frankly, the need for this to come out to the public because they want to play gotcha or do whatever is superseded by the need to keep this private because it could affect not only investigations, but when you're talking about national security, it could also affect lives. Okay? And if that's the case, and I trust 
maybe it's misplaced, but until they prove me otherwise, if I trust them, then look, I don't need to see the specifics of the report because it could get people killed. Trust them. That's the AG's office, <laughs> yes. Attorney General's office. Yes. And I have three areas that I totally agree with. I'm not agreeing totally with Todd, but I'm agreeing mostly with Todd. Ooh. I think, yeah, which is kind of odd. <laughs> but I think that the grand jury protection, um, that for sure, every single item that was redacted to protect the grand jury information and the persons on the grand jury is absolutely the best redaction, and and it had to happen. Secondly, any ongoing investigations, those have to be protected and not released, because sometimes if you release too certain information, then you get false information. People, like, can, you know interfere with that investigation or whatever and and the the redactions to protect the investigation and then last i think the the last part of that is um any uh see if i can put this the right way um any intelligence community's investigation that's going ongoing, so it's not just a criminal investigation, but it becomes counterintelligence type of investigation that has to be redacted and protected. For safety reasons, for those out there in the field getting information. Exactly. And, and also safety from uh, too much disclosure to foreign entities or, right. you know, for the safety and security of our own country. Yeah, and, and, and my point there was I think William Barr is being fair and honest because some of the things he didn't redact were quite embarrassed embarrassing to donald trump showed him kind of throwing a temper tantrum you know a little bit upset about something um one thing that i brought up on the radio that i really have and those of you who've listened to our show before i really have disdain for is cohen why do i have disdain for cohen attorney client privilege issues some of those things that were revealed in this report were stuff that they received from Cohen that he should not have been saying due to the attorney client privilege now everyone argues well yeah Trump said he you know release the you know because who holds the attorney client privilege is Trump I just think as the lawyer you shut your mouth you know, absolutely doesn't even matter I mean I think the three of us agree on this is a very sacred cow is the attorney client privilege and doggone it Cohen unless it is you are intentionally trying to perpetrate a fraud I mean a fraud or a criminal Fine. act a criminal yeah. act and by the way don't forget in normal business and in normal life when you go to your attorney there are times you're doing something that's illegal but you don't know, or you think it's on the edge and okay. I'm just saying, you know, as clients come to their attorneys, and just, so does that mean the clients, the attorney goes, well, I better reveal it because you try to do something illegal here in this corporate deal. And, uh, well, no, I was asking you about it if I could do that, you know. So to me, the attorney-client privilege is important, and some of that stuff that came out in the report came from Cohen. Uh, shame on you. And I can argue the other side because Good. first time, first thing that you do when you get into a dispute with your client, and potentially you being investigated for acts that you did on behalf of a client is a dispute between you and your client, then the first thing you do is you ask for the attorney-client privilege waiver. And if that client gives that waiver, and Trump did very publicly give that waiver, then I think Cohen had the duty to do what he did. And remember... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just said, I, you know, I just have to say it that way. Do I say it's smart? Do I say it's right? I don't like it. It doesn't smell right. But, but I do think that he did it properly. Here's the argument back. He didn't waive everything. 
He did not. If you go back and look at what what what, what uh, Trump waved, he didn't wave everything that Cohen ever talked to him about. And by the way, Cohen is is sitting there with a tape recorder without telling his client, and he's taping his client. Bad, 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 bad. I think that's bad behavior. Yeah, I agree so, with that. And so, so, look, this is all interesting stuff. We're going to come back uh, in the next hour and talk about a few other things, have a case or no case. We'll be right back. Cal, thanks for being a great producer and keeping us on our toes. Have fun next hour with Case or No Case. Radio Law Talk will resume momentarily right here on your favorite radio station and on radiolawtalk.com. All you have to do is stay tuned. You have been listening to Radiolawtalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.